Well, good morning. Let's turn to uh, John chapter 12. John 12. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary, therefore, took a pound of very costly perfume, a pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was intending to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had, and he had the money box, and he used to pilfer what was put into it. Jesus therefore said, Let her alone, in order that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. The great multitude, therefore, of the Jews learned that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but for that they might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. But the chief priests took counsel that they might put Lazarus to, uh, uh, to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. On the next day, the great multitude had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees, and went out to meet him and began to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Then Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. These things his disciples did not understand at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things to him. And so the multitude who were with him when he, uh, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead were bearing him witness. For this cause also the multitude went and met him, because they heard that he had performed this sign. The Pharisees therefore said to one another, You see that you are not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. These, therefore, came to Philip and said, uh, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip came, and they told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and who hates his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall my servants also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. There came therefore a voice out of heaven. I both glorified it and will glorify it again. The multitude therefore who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon the world. Now the ruler of the world shall be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death with which he was to die. The multitude therefore answered him, We have heard out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And Jesus therefore said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have light, that darkness may not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, or that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke, and he departed and hid himself from them. But though he had performed so many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. 
And the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And for this cause they could not believe. For Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and be converted and I heal them. These things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and he spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. And Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. And he who beholds me beholds the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world, and everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. And if anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has, uh, has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. For I did not speak of my own initiative, but my, the Father himself who sent me has given me commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Amen. Uh, so the... Uh, chapter 11, I said it was kind of the, um, not necessarily the middle passage, but kind of the important passage that leads us uh, to the rest of the book. And so uh, a month has passed, so you know, Lazarus is raised from the dead. Uh, a lot of people are coming to see uh, this spectacle. I mean, someone is raised from the dead. I'm sure if we're in Hong Kong and we heard someone was raised from the dead, we would go and see. And so that's kind of the same idea that's coming here. And so now it's six days before the Passover, uh, so we know that it's a Friday that's happening. Uh, Jesus enters into Jerusalem, and now we have the beginning of the Passion Week uh, that's taking place. Uh, A party was given uh, in honor of Jesus. Uh, uh, Matthew and Mark uh, tells us it's at Simon the leper's house, and you know probably uh, one of the uh, men that Jesus healed. Uh, Martha is serving, so you know there's probably some relationship uh, there uh, as well. And then Mary comes in, and she brings this incredibly expensive uh, uh, perfume, uh, this actual nard. Um, it was uh, uh, probably an heirloom um, that's passed down from her mother. Um, it's a uh, rosy-colored, incredibly sweet-smelling. Uh, it's it, it comes from a plant. Uh, that's found in the foothills of the Himalayas. And so, I mean, this is like precious, precious uh, heirloom. Um, we know that it costs uh, uh, 300 denarii, which is a year's wages. And so if you kind of do the math, uh, perfume is probably worth about 30,000 U.S. dollars. Contrast that to Judas, uh, who betrays Jesus for $3,000. And so you look at kind of... You know, what's the, uh, what's the exchange rate between love and betrayal? It's 10 to 1, right, if you think about it. It's 10 to 1, and that's what's happening. Uh, Mary is this amazing, amazing woman. Um, uh, Mary, if you see her, she's, she's always adoring Jesus. Uh, she's always kneeling at his feet, um, which, which meant that she was a student, if you remember going back to uh, the other passages in the Gospels. And, uh, um, and she just, just expresses absolute devotion to the Lord. That's, her life was about that. Uh, you remember when, when Jesus first visits, 
And Martha is so busy. And he just says, and, and you'll find Jesus defends her a lot, right? I mean, he's defending her all the time. And he just simply says, leave her alone. You know, she's chosen the best part. And if you ever have to choose between, you know, your work or, you know, things you need to do and, and the other option is devoting yourself to Jesus, always choose the best part that's laid out there. And she's wiping her, 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 uh, his feet with her hair. Uh, it's, it was an extravagant demonstration of her devotion to the Lord. And, uh, um, and so she comes, and, and she's doing a prophetic act. She probably doesn't know. She's just obeying her heart. She's just obeying uh, just the, uh, the overflow of her heart, and she wants to show devotion to Jesus. But she doesn't know that she's preparing him for burial. And uh, um, so Judas uh, objects, and he makes this, you know, sound so spiritual. Oh, you know, this money could have been given to the poor. You'll hear this kind of garbage all the time from religious people. They'll make it sound so spiritual, but it's so evil. And in in, in Judas's case, John tells us uh, he's not. He doesn't care about the poor. What he cares about is his own pockets. Right, because he's been stealing money from this whole time, uh, and again Jesus says, "Leave her alone, right? Let her alone, in order that she may keep it for the day of my burial." Uh, he's 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 already remember uh, chapter eleven. He's already fixated. Now he's focused, going to the cross, and so he begins to do that. And um, he quotes uh, for the poor you always have with you. He quotes Deuteronomy fifteen eleven. Deuteronomy seems to be one of his favorite books, and he quotes that. And so, um, and uh, he's, uh, and don't misunderstand. When Jesus, uh, when he quotes this, he says, the poor you will always have with you. He's not making a statement about the population of the poor. What he's saying is he's making a statement about the opportunity that you have. So he's not just saying, oh, you know, there's always poor people. Uh, who cares, right? It's not, what he's saying is, there's always an opportunity to be kind to the poor. That, that opportunity is always there. So don't mistake uh, what Deuteronomy and what Jesus is saying here in this place. He's say, basically saying, okay, yes, you know, uh, this is happening right now, but don't worry. You'll always have an opportunity to give to the poor. Do you guys understand? It, it makes a lot more sense. And so then... Uh, he's he's on the next day. He's going to the feast, uh, and and so um, uh, uh, he's passing through Jerusalem. And so if you pass from where he's at, he's got to go through Jericho, and Jericho is a city of palms. And so as he comes in, and they they lay the palms, kind of an honor to him. And obviously they've heard about Lazarus and all these things going on, and so they do the the proper. Um, a Passover greeting. You know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is something that they would say to each other all the time. You know, as they're on their way to the feast, blessed is he who comes in. The, in other words, you are blessed because you're coming to his house. And then, but they add this extra and they say, even the king of Israel. And so it's a special greeting uh, just for Jesus. And, you know, palm branches is the national symbol of Israel. They shout Hosanna, which means, you know, oh, come and save. And, and he comes in and notice he's riding on a, on a donkey's colt. 
You know, this is this is not the uh, um, you know Napoleon right riding in on the Champs Elysees. This is this is a very different thing, and it really depicts Jesus's mission for his first coming. His first coming, he comes in a donkey coat, which is out of Zechariah, and he's coming in peace. He doesn't come to judge the world. He comes to save the world. The second coming, right? Remember, if you read the book of Revelation, the second coming, he's going to come on a white horse with judgment. And so this is where kind of the Jews don't really quite understand, right? They kind of miss it all because when he first comes, he comes to die for the sins of the world on a donkey's colt, but he will come on that white horse uh, with judgment. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And so, right, first coming to suffer for the sins of the world. I mean, Isaiah 53 is probably one of the most central passages in the Old Testament. Now, it, after this, um, the other Gospels, the Synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they talk about the second expulsion from the temple. In other words, Jesus comes to the temple and he just starts you know, wiping people out and all these things. But John doesn't do that, but John does it a different way. And in verse 20, he tells us the aftermath, like the result of the expulsion from the temple. And do you remember when, when Jesus came, we talked about it last time in the first expulsion, that part of it is they were ripping Jews off. That was one big part. But the other part of it, which was a huge part, was that the, the market was in, uh, usually is called the, the Bazaar of Annas, was now put into the temple and it was in Solomon's porch. It's in the place where the Greeks, where the non-Jews can enter in. It's the only place they can go and at least they can hear a little bit of what's being taught and celebrate. These were the God-fearing uh, uh, Greeks. And so, and that's why he says, you know, uh, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations, for every ethnic group. And so, so John expresses the second expulsion by telling us what happened. And so you can imagine, right, now these guys, these God-fearing Greeks can't go into the, the, the temple area. And so, but Jesus kicks out the merchandise and now they're able to enter in. You can imagine how happy they are. So what do they do? They go and find Jesus. So the Greeks at verse 20, the Greeks, uh, who are, who are going up to worship at the feast, they came to Philip, right? And then Philip went to Andrew and then Andrew went to Jesus, right? And they come to this place and, uh, um, and they want to see Jesus. Uh, and, uh, this is, uh, this is happening to this day. Right, you know the the Gentile world wants to see Jesus, and uh, this is just a, a sign of what's to come. Uh, that's coming. That's coming on, and so in verse twenty three, right, a shift occurs. You got to catch this. And Jesus answered them, saying, "The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified." All through before the narrative was, "My time is not yet at hand." Right, my time is not yet at hand, and now it's time. It's time for him to do what he came here to do. And Jesus will say, uh, maybe one of the most encouraging things to, to all of us at the end of twenty six, he says, "If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him." Right? Isn't that an incredible promise? You serve the Lord, Father God 
will honor you. Right? Yesterday, a bunch of you guys were serving the Lord you know, in service, you know, through leading prayer, through doing announcements, to being on the worship team, you know, to preaching, to coming and help praying for people. Wow, guess what? Get ready for the Father to honor you. Right? This is the, the privilege of, of serving God. Right? Not, not only you know, are you blessed here, right? just, just the, the, the pure joy and the delight of serving our Master, right? but the Lord says, guess what? The Father will also honor you. That's, if, if that's not the best incentive to serve the Lord, I don't know what is. You know what I mean? I mean, what an, what an amazing promise. You serve, Jesus, you serve me. Like you come, you just do the little thing. You serve me, man. The Father will honor you. Uh, and then uh, after that, he another shift happens. Verse twenty-seven. He says, "My soul has become troubled." This this feeling that Jesus has will culminate in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so we, we see already that, 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 that he's going through something. He's shifting. He's moving uh, to that place. And his soul is troubled. His, his voice uh, is interrupted with sorrow. And, and this is just the, uh, the father's love. Next thing you know, so, so he's like tense. You know what I mean? That, that like he's, he's, he's going through something. And... Uh, Verse uh, uh, 28, it says, Father, glorify your name. And they came there for a voice out of heaven. I both glorified it and will glorify it again. And, and it's just, the, it's just the, the father's love over the son. The father sees his son in anguish. And what does he do? Right? He, the voice cries out. And basically, it's, it's God's way of saying, Son, I got your back. Don't worry. Right? I got you in this place. And it's, it's fascinating because he, the father in the beginning of this journey right into the Passion Week, he does this here. He won't be able to do it in, when his son is on the cross. And it's primarily because all the sins of the world are now pressed on Jesus, right? And, you know, sin separates us from God. And so sin is pressed upon him. The father can't do that anymore or, or won't do it because, you know, sin and, you know, all these things, there's a whole theological thing happening. Uh, but the father still does something. You know what he does? He touches the thief. He touches the thief that was cursing Jesus earlier that day, right? He touches a thief and the thief believes. We know from the scriptures that only happens if the father draws them. And so the father never really abandons the son on the cross because he uses this thief, right, to continue to uh, 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 show him his mission that he's on the right track. And, and so... Uh, judgment is now in the whole world. Uh, if he be lifted up, right, which means the cross, he'll draw all men to himself. And, and then uh, he gets to this uh, interesting passage uh, where, uh, you know, he's performed many signs, but people don't believe. It's, it's not that they don't believe, they refuse to believe. 
And then Jesus quotes uh, Isaiah chapter 6, you know, verse 10. And, and let, let me just spend a moment talking about this because I think you can, sometimes people misunderstand this passage. Um, uh, Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? This is 38. And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this cause they could not believe. For Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes, perceive with their heart, and be converted, and I heal them. Now, it's, it's often, in some circles, it's often been misunderstood, or there's this idea that God deliberately blinded their eyes and and uh, their hearts, but that's that's not what the text is saying, and that's not what the Bible is saying. That's not God's heart at all. You know, the context uh, in Isaiah, and when Isaiah is writing this, the context is this stubborn disbelief, this this uh, kind of like this refusal. Uh, to believe in Isaiah's time, and even in Isaiah's time, and even now, what Jesus is saying here. And then Paul explains to us, actually very well, this process in Romans chapter 1. And remember, for since the creation of the world, his eternal attributes, divine power, uh, his nature has been clearly seen, being understood through that which was made, so they were without excuse. Right, all that they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations. You know, and, and the text goes on and on. And so what God says and says, so he gave them over to their sinfulness. And so so the idea is it's not that God is is okay, you are gonna be blind, you'll be blind, okay, you're gonna see. That's not the way it works. And so so every point has an opportunity, everyone has a chance. But some will just stubbornly refuse to believe. And so what Paul is saying in Romans, so he says, God says, okay, then I'll, I'll leave you to your devices, right? You, you don't want to believe, you refuse. Okay, I'll just leave you to that. And, he get, and the word is, it says he gives them over. Uh, you know, uh, Romans chapter 1, particularly verse 18 to 32, is probably a really good read if you really want to understand them. So he basically just, God just gives them over uh, to their blindness and hardness of heart. Um, uh, God is constantly reaching out to them over and over and over again. And so he just gives them over uh, to their blindness. And then uh, from uh, verse uh, 44 to the end, uh, Jesus is basically just summing up all these things. And these will be his last public words. Uh, the following chapters, well, he'll teach more, but it'll be private teaching uh, and encouragement to the disciples. Uh, but this will be the last public words he'll say about his ministry. And uh, uh, he is the light of the world. Uh, and he's the one who refuses to judge, right? Even though he's been given all this authority. And so and this is his final words. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father told me. Right, coming into his last week, he has been the perfect son. Right, he's been the absolute perfect son. Okay, so let's close our eyes. Let's go back to Mary. Okay, I think she's a great person to focus our attention on this morning. Let's go back to Mary, a picture of absolute devotion. Just wherever she, she's, she's always just chosen to humble herself, 
to sit, to learn, to adore. Man, I want to be like Mary. We should want to be like Mary. Even the most expensive thing that she has, she pours it over the Lord in absolute devotion. She's selfless. She cares about nothing except Jesus. You know, let the Holy Spirit speak to us. What is preoccupying our minds these days? What's taking over our time? For Mary, man, it was all about Jesus. You know, and as we enter our last week of the fast, let's recalibrate a little bit. Uh, Let's be more like Mary. I see the King of glory Coming on the clouds with fire The whole earth shakes The whole earth shakes I see His love and mercy Washing over all our sin The people sing People sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith with selfless faith I see a near revival stirring as we pray and sing We're on our knees Hosanna 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 in the highest Hosanna 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 things unseen show me how to love like you have loved me 
singularly focused on on just loving Jesus and just spending that time with Him especially as we move into our last week here let's pray for the heart of Mary to just always sit at His feet Uh, let's pray for our hearts this morning Community, um, let's pray for those that are going through chemo radiation therapies. Um, let's pray for God's healing. pray for our community uh, that are battling through illness, uh, but also needs to meet with Jesus. Let's pray for physical healing. Let's pray for the word of salvation.
pray for uh, those dealing with non-cancerated illness. Let's pray for God's healing. Pray for those that are looking for work. Let's pray for open doors and God's provision. Let's pray for our, our church uh, in uh, Singapore, in Indonesia, Philippines. Let's pray for these countries. Let's pray for our, our fellowships there. Uh, let's ask God to bless the leaders, to use them, with our, uh, be with our pastors and staff, and, and the people who just really draw near to the Lord. Let's pray. Ministries, our IP, the well and the river. Let's pray for our volunteers that uh, God will honor their service to the Lord, uh, and that people that come through these ministries will be greatly helped and healed. Uh, let's lift up. pray for our local outreach, our Agape Homie and Recreation. Let's ask God to bless our leaders that go and, and uh, let them really share uh, the message that every person they come in contact with be blessed uh, because they came. For SP 2.0, right, let's pray for building and resources and continue to pray for a benefactor and, and just lift up the vision fund. Right? Let's pray. pray for a house church tonight. There's only one. That's OPR. Um, let's pray for Marion as she leads. Let's ask God to 
use her and, and the house church would really draw close to the Lord uh, during this time. focus let's pray for jenny let's pray that the kids make sensible friends and speak freely let's pray the protection and favor for uh, her and for uh jan at work and and uh and her positivity pray for health for family and mom to recover from cancer huh? let's lift up jenny chu pray for Kathleen. Let's pray for salvation of family and relatives, uh, that she'd encounter the Holy Spirit more this year, and for Chris and, our, and her to be godly parents. Uh, let's lift up. Pray for Elaine Wu for success at work and family members' health and, and peace in her heart. Oh, let's lift up. As we've been doing, if, if you can just uh, get around somebody, right, let's just move in twos and threes. And, you know, we do this because the Bible says if you agree on anything, right, on earth that you would do it. So we just come in the power of agreements. We want to pray together. And let's pray. Let's pray for Addie. You know, praise God. She came off the ventilator. And so there's a lot of good progress. And so things are moving along. Uh, she's still... Uh, you know, on the dialysis, so the kidney still needs to come and function, but good things are happening. Let's also continue to pray for Hazel as well. Uh, I think she's still at Adventist, and, and uh, like I said, some treatments are going well, and other treatments could be better, and so let's pray for an encouragement, and uh, I just got to continue to heal her as well. Okay, let's just, uh, let's just spend some time and pray.
pray together. Father, we thank you, God. Uh, Lord, we just uh, continue to cry out, Lord, for our church members, Lord God, that are going through different battles. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are with them, Lord God, that they could hear the voice that cries out from heaven or that says, I got your back. I am with you. And Lord, we just ask, Lord, for uh, answer prayer, God, throughout this time. Come, Holy Spirit, and just breathe her over us. Give us the devotion, God, like Mary. Move in our hearts, God. God, we thank you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, if you can, in your groups, feel free to share prayer requests and pray for each other, or you can do your own thing. Uh, but God bless you. Huh? Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning.